Welcome to the Smart Tech Check Podcast, hosted by Mark Vina, your home for candid, insightful, and provocative conversations about the smart home, home automation, security, smartphones, PC and console gaming, and much more. Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Vina, host of the Smart Tech Check Podcast. Today is Tuesday, December 14th, 2021. One of the really great things about working in the tech analyst space is intersect, uh, intersecting with some great journalists. And I have the pleasure to have on today's um, podcast, Kif Leswing. Uh, Kif, uh, let me bring Kif up on the screen here. There he is. Hey, Kif, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, for, this is the first podcast I'm doing with Kif. I've, I've spoken to Kif a couple of times previously, but Kif is a technology uh, journalist who works for that vaunted business channel, CNBC, which has been around for a uh, for a few years, but uh, Kif, welcome to the podcast and uh, thank you for taking the time. Hey, thanks for having me, this is great. Hey, you know, let's talk a little bit about your background. You know, before we get into some of the tech topics, including Apple, which is kind of everybody's favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll get into that. Let's talk a little bit about your background first. Yeah, no problem. I mean, I've been doing this for about 10 years now. That actually sounds pretty, pretty crazy, but you know, um, it's pretty much the only thing I've done since I graduated from college. And, uh, and I, I joined the industry at the right time because, you know, obviously there's a lot of different coverage of a lot of things. Politics never goes away. But when, when I started covering tech, it was starting to become clear this was changing the world. I mean, I think I had just gotten my first iPhone. And then two <laughs> weeks later, uh, I, I joined Gizmodo as an intern. So, you know, that's the, the rise of the smartphone has kind of been the rise of my career as well. Uh, were, you, you, were you at Gizmodo when they had that little that issue? With, I, this is going to test my memory, by the way. Didn't they have the thing where there was a phone left? Yeah, I, I joined right after that. You know, some of the people who had been involved with that had just recently left. But it was, you know, obviously a big part of, of the mythos there. And, and as an intern... You know, my role, one of my roles was I, I had to line up in front of Apple stores to get review units because yes. Apple I, had cut Gizmodo off. <laughs> you know, like no iPad, no iPhone. So right. me, the junior guy, this is probably 2012. Uh, I was, I was, you know, as an intern, they were like, oh, go sit in front of this Apple store all night. Cause it was still back then there was still the whole lineups thing. So, yeah. you know, that's really how, how it got started there. Yeah. But you, you know, it's fun about that because, you know, I live over at uh, Santana Row in San Jose and I live right across the street from the Valley Fair Mall where there's been an Apple store there for years. And like you said, you know, in the old days, you know, before you could do everything online and, and avoid waiting at, you know, three o'clock in the morning on a, on a long line. You know, I did that, but you know what's fascinating about this, and I'm sure you'll say the same thing, the things that you learn from other people online when you're online for three or four hours is fascinating. It's an education experience. They're really nice helpful. people, and especially when they're early adopters, you know, they have a lot of different fingers and tech and, and thoughts, and, you know, you can get ahead of of the crowds, you know. And I always, I always really enjoyed it. When I start, when I just joined at Gizmodo, uh, there was a thing at the time where Apple products would release later in mainland China than they did in the United States. So there were people there, you know, with stacks and stacks of bills, you know, going to go get their four 
four iPhone, I think 4S maybe, you know, five at the time and put them in their suitcases and bring them to Hong Kong and China uh, so that, so that early adopters. And so that was a big part of the business back then. And I I remember talking to some of those people. That was really cool. Um, Later, later, another line that was really fun that I got to hang out in is I was in a line uh, do you remember John? So Apple used to have this designer, Johnny Ive. He's this, yes, he's, he's this legend in in the, in the industry, and he came out with this book. You know, right when it was kind of clearly starting to step back, he he did this retrospective book um, that's you know huge and hundreds of dollars, and it's just photos of all the products, and um, and they only sent them to a few Apple stores, and one of them, one of the places they got sent to was the Soho Apple Store. So I, I, I later went there, and the people who were in line to check out or buy a Johnny I book were like the hardest core of the hardcore. <laughs> well, it's it just it's amazing because you know, I, and I think you have to almost be in the Bay Area uh, to experience it because the personalities that you meet of people. Um, who will be up at 2 o'clock in the morning with an overnight bag. You know, those days are pretty much gone. Although there are people still that, you know, they'll even – Some people even, still do it, but it's not what it used to be. It's not no, what it used to be. And then the no, pandemic, Apple didn't even want that. You know, they yeah. didn't want any of that publicity. So, you know, they really did a pick up. And it's not the same. It's not, you know, uh, I still use a I still use a, a stock image from one of the first iPhone launches. And someone got dressed up as one. And showed up to the line, dressed up, and I still use that stock image all the time, you know. And it used to be kind of a a Woodstock for gadget nerds, a little bit, and it's not that anymore. It certainly isn't. Well, well, I'll just I want to really we got so much to talk about. I could talk about this forever, but the uh, what was kind of funny on on one of the lines that I I I think was the it was the first iPhone. It was the original iPhone. I'm online across the street. I got up around four o'clock in the morning, and you know, across the street, so it's no big deal. And what was funny is that uh, the line of the, of the store was outside the mall. So you were physically out, uh, outside. And when the store doors opened around, I don't know, 9 o'clock or whenever the, the, uh, the, doors, uh, the doors opened on the inside, you could hear a cheer, you know, inside the mall that the doors had opened. And what I was impressed with is that it was a little chilly outside, you know, San Jose. And Apple had arranged for, I think it was Starbucks or Pete's Coffee, to come out with, like, coffee cups. And they started giving coffee and pastries uh, to everybody. So that was uh, – I don't know if they'll do that anymore, but uh, that used to be the interesting thing uh, that they used to do in the old days. But without any further ado, let's go to the next topic here. And i got to ask this. You know, and I can ask this about any of the uh, companies that you cover, but Apple's such a unique one. What are some of the unique challenges that you have when you're covering Apple? Because they're not the most, uh, you know, outward-facing company sometimes when it comes to covering them. And, uh, you know, every company has that challenge to agree. But i got to believe that you have, uh, you know, you've, you've kind of managed your way around, you know, dealing with the way they operate, especially with tech journalists. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of blessed. CNBC is kind of blessed. We, we have a good relationship with the comms department at, at, at Apple. You know, they know we're a business news channel, but that doesn't mean they're going to hand me scoops. You know, they're never going to be like, oh, well, hear about this argument that happened inside. But, you know, obviously sourcing is a challenge for everyone. I consider it, you know, a little bit of my secret sauce. I think a lot of journalists consider sourcing to be, you know, what they bring to the table. But honestly, the biggest challenge for me is, is focus, to, to be honest with you. I mean, Apple is 90,000 people. 
you know, in the United States. That's U.S. employees. You have so many different things going on. Obviously, everyone cares about the phone. Everyone cares about their financials and the stock. They have, you know, the stuff that's coming up next, whether, you know, car people are leaving or, you know, they just ramped up this AR set. You, you have that. You have retail, which is having more challenges. I just covered a story this morning that you're going to have to mask up if you're going back into any Apple store, you know, for the foreseeable yes. future. And they've got labor challenges there as well. So there are just so many different topics. And, you know, I did a topic the other day. Uh, a story the other day about how they're working on driver's licenses for your iPhone. And it's really yeah. interesting the way they're interacting with governments to, you know, make this happen. And is that material to Apple? I don't think so. I mean, it's a small division with, you know, you know, a couple scores of people working on it. It's not, it's not the main show, but if I'm working on every little bit, you know, it's too much of a big beast. I think that's, that's what people have to, think about you know apple's so big what do you focus on you know do you focus on the privacy stuff if you could have made a whole full-time beat just doing the app store stuff you know yes. just just whether the rules are going to change over the cut or or how that's going to work and and but my thing is and this is a thing that i talk about with my editors every day with the people who, who run cnbc.com you know are we you know is this do we have to go beat by beat here? You know, obviously people care, you know, but is this the main story about what's going on in Apple right now? Or is it, you know, the iPhone 14? Or is it supply chain, you know? Or is it Tim Cook in China? You know, it, there's a lot going on. And I think the biggest challenge is uh, the company's so big and, and so influential that you, you have to pick your spots. You really can't just cover everything. No, I, I think that's a great point because from a business standpoint, they are so large from a top line revenue standpoint that even internally, when a new product comes out, they get into a new business. For example, let's just use HomePods as right. an example. You know, the HomePod portion of Apple's overall business is so small. Now, it would be if it was a standalone company, it would right. be actually be Fortune fun. 50 or Fortune 100. That's what they yeah. say, you know, not HomePod, but for the watch. Yeah. Yeah. But if you isolate it, you know, it's a small part of Apple's revenue. And, you know, Apple's like any other company. Usually the businesses that are dominant from a revenue um, portfolio standpoint tend to get the most attention, even though from a news standpoint, the news might be obviously, you know, people like bright, shiny objects. So Apple's got a new product and, you know, the, you know, you know, you're a swishing sound and the media's attention moves to that. So but it, it's interesting because in your line of work, sometimes, especially like take Apple, you know, the Apple car. Um, right. Right. Car, which, you know, is, which, which appears, you know, to be many, many years in the future. You know, yes. let, let, you yeah. know, we're many years in the future. They, they've changed uh, leadership a few times. The former leader left this year, Mark Field. You know, yeah. is that is that a news story? You know, do, do the people at CNBC, were they really watching Mark Field and, and him leaving? And, of course, he went to Ford. So, you know, we covered that. But, but that's a big question because it is the next big thing. But, honestly, you know, there are a lot of people at Apple that didn't think about it at all today, you know, period, you know. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you and, and but and sometimes you gotta be you gotta be a little bit of an inspector Clouseau, although you're not like Peter Sellers, so so let me be let me clear about that. But you know, you have to almost if they're not gonna be out um um, if they're not going to share information about their future businesses, which Apple does not do, you have to back into 
okay, who are they hiring? You know, yeah. you know what, what, and and that and that's not always foolproof because Apple's aware of that, and sometimes they can do a little bit of uh, uh, not misleading stuff, but maybe the people that they're hiring and that is not exactly for the area that you think. That I mean, Apple be. Apple can use more mechanical engineers and battery engineers every day of the week, you know, and twice and twice on Friday. You know, just because they hired a battery guy from BMW, that does not mean that guy is going to be working on automotive batteries. But it could, you know, because yes. I think yes. they're working on automotive batteries, you know. Right. <laughs> well, and, and let's face it, they are in the car business right now. It's called Apple CarPlay, you know, and they have a presence there. Uh, you could argue right now that uh, – and they want, obviously, their tentacles into bigger parts of the car – and it's hard to do that with, you know, they, they've probably gone as far as they can right now with their software interface. It's hard to buy a car today without at least a choice. Yeah. You know, that no, they really, they really took it. I did a story on that recently. They really came in and, and you know, like, uh, like the auto people and the tier ones really spent a lot of money trying to do the infotainment console and stack. And, and Apple just came in, and Google to a lesser extent with Android Auto as well, just came in and were like, no, this is – and so a lot of people think, you know, the Apple car is already there. I come in. I plug in my phone. And, and on the other hand, you know, CarPlay is a great example of something that, you know, is a very big deal to a lot of people. You know, I, I like, like the Fords of the world really care about CarPlay. Anyone who's into automotives or suppliers think that that's, that's an important thing they're keeping an eye on. Inside Apple – it's one division inside the services division. You know, you you build the the org chart, not that they have one, but you know, right. you you build out the org chart, and you're like, oh, this is not, it is not the center. This is not taking up Tim Cook's time. No, yeah, no, I I, I agree with that. And uh, the, the car thing is, it's just a, it's a big bright, it's a humongous bright shiny object. You know, I, I mean, I do believe that Apple, and we'll get into this in a second. I think Apple will ultimately get into the car business. It's not. I don't think it's going to be um, next year. It's probably two to three years out because it's a big deal, and it may manifest itself in a way that a lot of people don't expect it to manifest itself. Like, for example, Apple doing it themselves. It might probably will be via some type of acquisition of an existing car manufacturer or a part, or a major partnership. You know, because of the just, I can't even imagine the infrastructure that you need to get into the car business. I mean, that's not a low, that's not a low hurdle business to do. But we'll, 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 we'll yeah, um, we'll get to yeah. that. We'll get to that. I got, I got thoughts. I can't speculate too much, but I definitely have thoughts. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that in a second. But you know, what <laughs> I hit you on because iOS 15 just came out. Uh, the um, you know Apple, I think, among the Amazon, Facebooks, and Googles of the world, uh, you know, privacy is obviously a big, big deal. Um, you know, my personal view is that among, you know, the major um, uh, smartphone and smart device platform players, Apple probably has the most, I think, uh, supportive role on, you know, really, um, you know, trying to implement privacy protections in a, in a meaningful way. It's not just window dressing. They're not perfect, but I think they've done a, a fairly reasonable job. What, what, what's your perception on the way Apple handles privacy versus uh the, the other big, um, the fan company, so to speak. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I've been covering Apple since, since 2016, you know, in my most recent stint and, you know, really, really paying attention to them since 2014. And the fact is you can, you, you have to give it, give them credit. This is, it's a big ship. And they started pointing it towards privacy in 2014. Yes. You know, yes. it was really clear that they started pointing, this is not a new yes. thing. It's not like a year-over-year year thing. In 2014, Tim Cook came out, did an open letter about privacy. Then in 2016, 
you know, they were talking about on-device encryption. So, so you know, this is a multi-year deep priority for everyone in Apple. And I think that's that's the most, that's the salient fact. That's what you have to, if you're comparing it to the other three, in 2014, they start orienting their ship this way. And, you know, these big ships, they take a long time. So maybe, you know, and I don't cover these other ones as closely, and obviously their business models are different, but maybe, you know, you can see it with Google and the way they're going to do Flock and some of these ad tracking technologies. They're trying to orient stuff into more on device versus on cloud, but these are big ships. You got to make that decision back in 2014 to start implementing these kind of features in, in 2020. And then the other thing I got to say is, you know, from my conversations, you know, with people in the privacy space who have worked on Apple stuff and that kind of thing, you really get the sense that Apple considers privacy to be an engineering issue as well. They think that they have better cryptographers and that they can design new, <coughs> unique systems that have quote unquote privacy preserving, you know, uh, principles at them. And I think the best example of this is the Find My Network. You know, a lot of people, again, this goes back to, this is a small product, you know, on Apple's list of products, it's like 30, but no one else has been able to do, you know, kind of what they did. And and obviously they, they say it's more private and that they can create a lost item tracker network all over the United States because they, they did the map, they did the cryptography, they designed the system, you know, and they have that trust all the way down to the silicon on their chip. So I think that gets lost a lot when people talk about it, that, that Apple attacks privacy. And obviously they say it's a human right, you know, but they attack it from an engineering perspective and a cryptography perspective. And, and you hear a lot, you know, phrases like privacy by design, you know, it, 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 that, that you don't have to give up, you know, the benefits of a digital connected world, the cloud and that kind of thing. That's really what they're saying, you know. Now, obviously, I'm not a cryptographer. I'm not a security researcher. I kind of stay away from a lot of security stories. So, you know, we do have to really address Apple's claims here, you know, and really and really scrutinize them because, you know, these are long tail. Something goes wrong. We can't have that go wrong ever, you know, and someone has to be responsible. But on the other hand, I think people misunderstand two things, that, that Apple started doing this 2014. That's when they start getting loud. They try to attach it back to Steve Jobs. I'm a little more skeptical on that. I really personally started to see it around 2014, and 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 the fact that they they have you know privacy engineers. They have people that 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 are trying to build new systems with with these principles, and, and right. it's an engineering challenge to them. Right. But I mean, you know, but you know, what's interesting, Kiff, is that, and I agree with you. There is a a, a privacy uh, discipline that they want that to be embedded in the Apple um, DNA. And I think they they largely do that. And I agree with everything you said. Now, keep in mind, just to use Apple AirTags as a um, an example, you know, AirTags is a very sm small part of their re revenue. Another bright, shiny object that gets a lot of people's attention because, you know, the, you've had products like Tile out there for quite some time, which were really the original uh, tracker. And then now there's other devices on the market. But then the, the market wakes up when, like anything else, like anything else, Apple gets in the category. There are significant privacy—not, I won't say privacy issues with 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 AirTags, but that category. I mean, like you said, 
all you need, is, because it's, in some ways, if there was no privacy capability built into AirTags, and there is, and there is it would be the, uh, the 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 choice of technology for the for the average stalker. I mean, I mean, and, there's still issues. And there were there were news, there were news articles this last week about about you know looking for the BMWs up in Canada and putting an AirTag down on the bottom. You know right. that like you have to balance this. Obviously, this technology didn't exist. If you were really, if you were really, you know, committed to this, you probably could have five years ago gone to the dark web and bought a GPS tracker. You know, this, this, it existed. But the fact that now it's an innocuous thing that everyone has in their backpack, those are societal issues. And Apple, I think, did an okay job, you know, addressing those when AirTag came out. But the, the core of it really is that they have this really neat cryptographic system that no one is giving away their, you know, location at any point, but can, you know, ping, ping a bike or your AirPods or, you know, an AirTag lost from your backpack. Um, but, you, you know, they thought it through, but, but, you know, like a couple of years ago, they asked Johnny Ive, it's like, what do you make of, of, of phone addiction? Which obviously is a thing that that's happened, and you know he 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 didn't have a great answer at the time. You know he went to the watch and that kind of thing. But when you create something new, and the smartphone is still brand new, it is 15 years old. You know, uh, you, you're not going to be able to anticipate the way it impacts society. And a lot of and a lot of technology reporters really focus on that. Really focus on here's how the technology is impacting society. That's less of my my specialty you know i focus on the corporate stuff but you know it it's it's a big story and it's a big story with all these fans you know they all have they're all so big that they can make little changes and no one knows but, you know, but let me but let me, get, but Kip, let me just jump in for a second is there a cynical part of this and then we'll get to the the last topic that i want to talk about which is really where i think the um, the fun is going to be you know, the, the you know other companies, you know Google, Facebook, Amazon, they all depend in many ways on advertising. Advertising is a big deal, especially with Google. I mean, Google makes tons and tons of money on shared digital ads. The fact of the matter is, is that Apple has such great margins on their hardware products. It some a cynic might say, well, you know, since their margins are so great on the hardware side, it allows them to be so. Um, careful about privacy and, and not careful about privacy, but be highly protective of it. You know, I tend to think that it really is a genuine part of the the Apple um, DNA. But the other companies might say behind closed doors, hey, you know, we don't have those kind of margins from a hardware standpoint. So we depend, you know, on digital advertising, which in many ways have, have privacy issues. It's gotten a bit better, but still it's it's um, uh, it's a bit, a bit of a challenge for uh, the companies like the Googles and Facebooks and Amazons of the world. So how do you balance that cynical? I mean, I bet that, I mean, it's both true. You can't deny that Apple's not an advertising company that comes out of Tim Cook's mouth. I mean, like I said, down 30 on the thing, there are a couple products, but, you know, they, they don't generally, you know, they don't have a lot of ad, ad, ad units or ad sales. And obviously they can make that choice, you know, because of their strength with their premium hardware. On the other hand, you, you can you can attack the, the thought experiment from the other way, which is, you know, Apple's hardware is premium priced right now. And and you, you ask people why that is. And, you know, 
they got the brand, you know, people want the stainless steel, it looks nice, the screen is whatever. But let's be honest, you know, if you and I, if if I today was was told, you know, you can never use Apple products again, you have to use Android. I, I miss iMessage, you know, but life would go on. But the, the one, one way you can continue to differentiate yourself is saying, you know, we we have better privacy and security, and, and they can and they can reasonably make that claim because they own the entire stack. You yeah. know, whereas a Samsung doesn't own parts of its stack, whether it's you know the Qualcomm chip or or other or the Google software. So so you can look at both ways. You know, I tend to agree with the cynics, but you know. I, I don't think there's a meeting where Apple executives are like, ha ha, you know, like we have, we have this premium hardware. So let's, let's kneecap the fangs. And if they no. did, that would get, you know, Congress would get that email and a subpoena, and, you know, <laughs> it'd be off to the races. So, so, you know, I, I, I'm cynical about it. I, I just don't think that they were thinking about either boosting their own few advertising products but or or really, you know, the hyper competitive aspect. I mean, Google still pays Apple billions of dollars per year to be the default search engine. So so it's not I don't I don't get the sense that they think all targeted advertisement or, or data collection from the, the fangs is evil. Yeah, and the only thing I would say about that, and just because I agree with your analysis, the, the the point I would make too, I think one of the things that you know we, we in the industry we use that whole hey full stack, you know provides lots of benefits if you're in the position of Apple from a, from a product development standpoint, but there is also this ecosystem that when things when disparate devices your smartphone your tablet, uh, your um, watch smartwatch your smart speaker, your desktop computer, your portable computer, if they all work together and have a similar um, user experience, it allows that, that user t tends to get a lot more productive. And speaking for myself, you know, and, I'm, and I, I bet you're like me, you know, I'm the CIO IT for my family. And, yeah. when my, yeah. and when my mom, who lives in South Carolina, has a problem with her iPhone, the last thing I, you know, the last thing, if, if she had an Android phone, the last thing I need right now, okay, what version of phone do you have? What version of the Android operating system? Because everything works a little bit differently from device to device. And, you know, the Apple plays it up to a, um, uh, to a huge degree. Let's, let's talk about the last topic that I want to jump into in the few minutes we have left here. You know, this is kind of roll the roulette table <laughs> type of thing, but... Uh, what new categories do you think Apple seriously might get into 2000 without overly speculating? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty yeah, I have to be careful here because I, I have reporting going on on these topics and, and I can only really talk about what, what I've, I've published because I don't want to sure. give, give it all away. But I think I think 2022 is going to be a bigger year for Apple than 2021. I think that's 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 what is becoming clear. I mean, not maybe in terms of sales or whatever. But in terms of the number of things that are getting ready for the next generation, for the number of product projects that have been in the hopper for a long time, it's hard to date. But we know Apple's working on AR headsets in the technology development group. Now, whether they, they announce it and then they release it six months later... I don't know yet. You know, I'm worried. Like again, this is something I, I would love to know and confirm. But you you can see that they that there is a little bit of a sea parting for major upgrades, particularly to the phone, to the watch, um, 
maybe not to the max so much because that just happened. Uh, you know, I one thing one thing I I will eat my hat if Apple releases a car next year. Obviously, <laughs> you know, like, like that that is a category I I don't think they will be entering next year. Um, the other thing is you can look at the services. They they've been really good at introducing a lot of services. You know, last year they had this fitness one. They came, brought into a bundle. They had privacy services over the summer. They have this VPN type thing. So I, I think you could see either at WWDC in June or with the new iPhones in the fall, uh, more paid monthly services uh, that 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 uh, Apple would would uh, release or at least talk about. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think there's some no-brainer categories. You know, next year will be probably the end of this uh, second-year transition period for Apple Silicon that they talked about, um, you know, when they introduced uh, the first M1, you know, back in December of last year. They were very public in saying it's going to take us a couple of years to get away from or move away from Intel. I mean, that to me is a no-brainer type of thing. So you'll see them continue to refresh their um, their uh, product line with the, with the new um, Apple Silicon processors. They'll probably introduce a next-generation um, uh, uh, M1, the M2, who knows? But that would obviously be the logical thing. Um, I do think the AR, VR glasses finally will probably see something or at least some type of first iteration. You know, that, I, I, you know, I, think, I mean, I don't know for sure. And obviously, I don't yeah. want to speculate, but I don't think that those are going to be a surprise one more thing. I don't think it's going to be a surprise one more thing. And then you buy it that day. I, 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 I think I think that would be very difficult, especially with an all new supply chain. Yep, no, that's absolutely true. And, but the interesting thing about the whole AR VR uh, category, just to say this for for for, uh, uh, for obvious reasons, is that the AR and VR, despite all the excitement around it, you know, you've got Facebook now that's rebranded the company's Meta, and they're kind of you know really making a huge bet that you know the metaverse and VR AR is going to is going to be the thing. It's still a very niche category, you know, AR and VR. I mean, the, I think I, I think there's a chance it remains niche. You know, I am way, you know, honestly, for me, you know, it's not going to be about doing a better VR headset. You know, I've tried a lot of them and obviously Apple's really good with soft goods. They're really good with chips. They're really good with displays. I have no doubt that they can produce a really nice VR headset. I, I'm, I want to see what I can do with it. You know, and well, I think that's well, that's, see, that's the that's the thing that I struggle with. In that, yeah. you know, the, the smartphone is a device. It's my iPhone 13. Uh, the shameless plug for Apple. The um, the, this device is always with me. You know, I, we've been trained for ten for 14 years that you have a smartphone with you. There are people who sleep with them. They have them strapped to their head. It's one of those devices that you always have with you. AR and VR glasses, no matter how elegant they make them, and I'm to your point, you know, Apple does have fantastic design uh, expertise. They will come out with a great-looking set of, of glasses. But I am not sure that even unless you show a compelling usage model that I cannot be, uh, you know, I, that they, only, they provide some type of benefit that's so unbelievable that I'm willing to be out in public looking like I'm from a science fiction movie of the future. And, and, that's, and it's also, this thing could take a long time. I don't know if you're going to be wearing this this one out of public. I don't think V1 is a public thing. I think V1 is probably an indoor thing with a little bit of pass-through. But yes. you know, again, you know, it's like, like so there's this, there's this thing, right? So when iOS 14 
came out, there was this new thing on Maps, right? And if you're using Apple Maps in some parts of the country, it can do overlays which show you which way to go. So, so yeah. the, the one I tested and the, and the example is like, I'm on Market Street. You know how Market Street, all the cross streets are, are, are jaggy and weird. Yeah. And they're like, okay, turn right here on Montgomery. And, and that's cool, I guess. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, 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 the first time I saw an iPhone before I was a reporter or whatever, I immediately knew what it could do for me. It had maps, it had a full browser. Mm -hmm. I immediately, and it had my iPod in there, or and it had they called it the iPod app, you know. Yeah. And I immediately knew what it was going to do for my life. I I've been to AWE, which is Augmented World Expo, you know, down in San Jose. It's a big AR conference, last yeah. like five years, four years, and, and I I was really excited. I used to be really in a magic leap with the whale coming out and all that stuff. I I'm still waiting. I I think the issue may not be. And of course, Apple conceals everything when they come into a, a new category. But I, I need to see what what it what it is. What are we talking about? Are we talking about gear? You know, what is the job to be done? If the yeah. job to be done is you know, you know, eight K Ted Lasso in front of your eyes. Okay, you know, I don't think that's a hundred million dollar product, a hundred million unit product. But I don't know. I if I knew, I would be. I'd be in the labs working on this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to overly speculate either, but I think the obvious ones, because I agree a V1 probably likely will be something that you use in your home. Um, but I think the the uh, e-commerce the e angle in terms of, hey, you know, there's certain, you know, I, instead of trying an outfit on, I could put these um, I mean, solutions. Even that one, even that one, it's like you're you're gonna buy a two thousand dollar VR headset, a three thousand dollar VR headset to try on, you know, a thirty dollar pair of Dockers khakis when Amazon's gonna ship them back right away. You know, like it, 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 the one I remember, I remember a couple years ago, someone someone well placed in the industry was telling me about about cars, car buying. You know, you want to buy this Ford truck. You, you can do it, and on your phone, you know, you go like this, and all of a sudden the Ford truck is, is right there. Why wouldn't you go to the Ford dealership? You know, it, I, I'm pro the future, but we have to be able to ask these basic questions. And, right. And, and, no, I'm and not, no I, I, agree, I agree with that. It's all going to depend on price point, you know. It's hard for me to believe, by the way, Apple would come out with a two thousand set of VR glasses. I just I think that's probably a pretty lofty price point. But nevertheless... I agree with the, uh, the the analysis. I think entertainment obviously will be a big angle to it. Will that be sufficient? I, mean, I think entertainment is the obvious one, right? Yeah. Entertainment is, you know, people are looking for these experiences and, and they want to get them how they are. I, I just, you know, it's a big question. It's, you know, I, I like, as these things come out and obviously, you know, to go back to the cynical part, you know why Facebook is doing this. You understand why Facebook is doing this. They yes, want a phone. They don't own the phone. They play by Apple's rules. You know, there are products that they want to launch that they can't because of the App Store rules. And they don't right. want that to happen in the next generation. Right. Apple, you know, it needs to keep going. It needs to figure out what the next big thing is. But, you know, I I, I am nervous that, that, you know, the next year the Meta Glasses come out, the Apple headset comes out, all this stuff comes out, and it's... Six months later, it's like, have you been using this? I, I don't know. It, you know, is it NBA games and VR? I, 
I don't know what the answer is, but but I think people are still underappreciating that. Still underappreciating. Yeah, you know, just to wrap a bow in this, I think what people are waiting for is the old, and I'm going to date myself and say killer this, app. Yeah, the killer app. The lo- well, the Lotus One Two Three. The physical. <laughs> Well, listen, Kim, listen, thank you. This was great. Thank you for taking the time to join me for today's podcast. Uh, for our viewing and listening audience, please make sure that you hit the like and subscribe buttons at the end of today's podcast. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Mark Vina Tech Guy. And until next time, have a great week. And uh, Kiff, thanks again. Anytime.